Greetings programs, welcome to Animatronic, the podcast talking about episodes of Disney's animated television show, Tron Uprising. My name is Duncan Shields, host of Tronologically Speaking, the movie-by-minute podcast talking about 1982's movie, Tron. And I'm Courtney Coulson, reviewing Tron Legacy one minute at a time on Legacy Minute. Episode 1. And this is basically the bridge between those two movies, Tron Uprising. Sadly, only lived for one season, but oh. we shall remember every single episode here today. <laughs> well, at least the first episode today. Yeah. I've been liking uh, I've been liking this sort of excuse to go back and rewatch them because it's it's such a good show and so much happens per episode. And you were saying this is a a period of time where there were a, a, just a ton of uh, animated shows sort of flooding the market. A lot of which only lasted one season, kind of like yeah. Uprising. It was this really experimental, unusual time because there was this transition to CGI, and then Cartoon right. Network was exper- experimenting with live action productions. One of them I actually thought was quite good, written by Paul Dini, called Tower Prep. So if you can find that somewhere, okay. which is not an easy task, if you can find it, I actually do recommend it. But we had Generator Rex, we had Symbionic Titan, Transformers Prime, which is the one I'm watching again now. Yeah. And there's just something so experimental and creative and, and new and different. And it, most of them only lasted one season, which yeah. rest in peace. <laughs> Yeah, there was this other contemporary I heard about called Motor City that was happening oh, at the yes. same time. And it was just people in hot rods and they were like driving across the country, really extreme animation style and uh, really, you know, lots of hard rock in the soundtrack and really, uh, really exaggerated and just like tons of fun. And apparently that was another I didn't hear. I'd never heard yeah, of it. I before forgot about that. I don't know if I watched the whole thing, but I did watch a lot of it. And yeah. it's just it's the visual style. It has i think nowadays i think we're a little bit more uh there's a particular style i guess it's more uniform is what i'm trying to say whereas yeah at this period of time there was a lot of unusual stuff it almost reminds me of back in the 90s you had mtv doing all its animation and yeah really I, out there stuff really experimental stuff uh, which actually kind of ties into Tron Uprising, because this was the art design was by Robert Valley, who mm-hmm. I admire a lot. I love his art style. And I found an interview where he says that he was basically inspired by Jamie Hewlett of the Grillers oh, okay. and Peter Chung, who did Aeon Flux, which is I was going to say, yeah, right? it's very Aeon Fluxy for sure. Everyone's got legs for days. They're just like <laughs> yeah. seven feet tall. <laughs> This is little tiny torsos of these like super long legs. I was looking at the Tron Uprising, or the, I think it's just the Tron Wiki, so it's all in one place. But the Tron Uprising pages for the characters, a lot of the characters are described as tall. I'm going, how how do you define? That's like saying Optimus Prime is a giant transformer. Is he though? Because everyone's a giant, so yeah, different? yeah, that's right. He's of average height for a transformer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and also uh, Mike Mignola was another influence that he mentioned, which, yes, those really heavy shadows. You don't see see that that. in animation. No, it's hard to recreate. Like, there's a lot of uh, shows that have tried to, you know, do Hellboy and and create Hellboy and make it a motion, uh, Mm. like a a movie or a cartoon. And it's quite... Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. It's quite difficult because 
on the page when it's just like you know 80 percent black and a couple of shapes of like red and a few shapes of gray it's so stark and you'd think mm. that would be somewhat simple to translate with just really harsh lighting and high contrast but it's actually a lot more difficult to uh to bring to life than than one might think so that you know, I, can I guess see, you're having to move that. that shadow in three dimensions it doesn't stay in one one place yeah you need like a really interesting new filter or something like that to to make it look you know like it does in the comic but i can see an uprising here i can see the uh i can see the influence i guess that's well so this was a kind of a mesh of cg and and traditional animation so i'm wondering yeah. if that's the difference where you can do this really hard shadows because the computer can kind of keep track of it in the way that we can't yeah for sure yeah that definitely helps because you you need that <laughs> yeah like an old uh, disney animator or something doing it hand-drawn although they would have a lot of reference like i remember there's um like cruella de vil's jalopy in 101 dalmatians mm. when it's driving around and fishtailing in the snow and it's you know its doors are flopping open and stuff that they had like a little wooden model of that car that they I could... wish they would release all of that footage because they've basically made all those movies in live action and then animated yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make I don't know, whatever. I guess they make money, that's why they keep doing it. So Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, we should say that this this first episode is called Beck's Beginning. Just so you just so it's you called know. uh Beck's Beginning and it opens on Flynn's arcade, which is really cool. Yeah, nice I love that. Like that. And then we get to uh, Bruce Boxleitner starts narrating over the top of it. And we get to see uh, a little a little backstory. So we get to see a cartoon, Jeff Bridges. And I really like this uh, minimalist cartoon representation of Jeff Bridges. Oh, it's got the this, likenesses are so good. They just nailed them. They're, they're exaggerated and they're really simple, but they're really clean. And you can tell exactly who it is right away, which is super cool. And that's no easy feat. It's, no. it's like you're talking about if you get the eyes just a millimeter too far apart, it doesn't yeah. work. You're like, who is that? But then just that one little tweak, you're like, oh my, it's totally Bruce Boxleitner. Yeah. I, that kind of minimalist caricature style. There's a guy named Pablo Lovato, I think. He does it for Rolling Stone magazine. He's out of Spain. Oh. He's a, He's another guy that does that just like three circles and two squares and you're like oh oh geez that's Jimi hendrix and it's 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 alchemy right because you're like how how is my eye seeing that face with just these four simple lines or something or like uh what's his yeah. face for the for the new yorker al 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 shifter or something like that he's been doing it for the new yorker for forever and he would do like a swooping a swooping curve of a line and two dots and you're like oh there's there's alfred hitchcock right there how how am I seeing that? <laughs> you know, it's just master level, just galaxy brain. Yeah, what do you call it? Uh, visual thinking. Yeah, yeah. To be able to translate that into like simple, simple shots. But at the beginning uh, of it's this, uh, Pablo Lobato, and he's on Lobato. Twitter. Lobato. Yes, he, he is. Yeah. This. Uh, then we see Jeff Bridges get dissected in the computer like in 1982's Tron, to get sucked into the computer. And uh, one thing that I've always uh, reflected on about Legacy is we don't get that shot in Legacy. We don't get that... Uh... That annoys me so much. I'm not up to that minute yet in my pod, but... Yeah. <laughs> but it's like the most iconic thing. Why would you it, not... It's Yeah, it's like there's like three, there's like four shots you remember. It's like the ring game the light cycle race, him getting sucked into the computer and like the MCP or something like that. Like yeah. it's, it's one of the big deal shots. And I was really shocked 
when it just sort of transitions to inside the computer world with no uh so i was glad we got to see a bit of that in the in the cartoon here in the in the beginning yeah and this is in flynn's arcade i should specify that he is going into the grid which is yeah what i wanted in the movie so you they've they've corrected yeah. that they corrected that they've added it and then uh we see clue yeah and we get to see that and the art director here alberto mielgo uh he was the guy that went on to do the short um the witness for love death and robots oh yeah he was uh he was a consultant on spider-verse so you can sort of see his his touch here as well with that sort of fast pace speaking of uh love death and robots so robert valley did the something blue it was the one oh oh, yeah don't spoil it but yeah yeah, the blue was, one with the artist. That was fantastic. Yes. That was like a blue tile. And yeah, if you've seen it, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, really good. So brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's got that extreme, that look, that, that sort of Mignola look too. I can see that. He's great. So I think Uprising is quite an interesting project just in terms of, well, Tron Legacy is also, you know, they wanted it to be Star Wars, and then Disney got the rights to Star Wars, so they're just sort of, eh, uh, Tron can just sit over here gathering yeah. dust for 10 years. But, you know, they really wanted it to be this big franchise. There was all this merchandise, there were the games, the comics, the series, yeah. which I think came out two years after Tron Legacy. So, yeah, you know, they were still trying. Um, but... It's really interesting in terms of it's a show that we know is going to end badly in terms of... It's kind of like Clone Wars. It's like, well, Anakin sure. is not going to... It's not going to be a happy ending. It's not yeah. going to be a happy ending for Tron. You know exactly where this is going. If he starts so, the show going, I just feel it, guys. Everything's going to turn out okay. You know, you're like, <laughs> ugh, no. Oh, I'm sorry to hear you say that. It's not going to be... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're just watching the downward spiral of a society. Um, but uh, I at least like the uh, the the master and apprentice dynamic that we have yeah. with uh, this. It, it's like Batman Beyond. That's what I would compare Tron Uprising to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a Got, good comparison. Yeah, uh, Tron is just just over it just over everything <laughs> he's so yeah. grizzled and yeah i love it <laughs> grizzled and damaged and like it it all came to naught you know like mm. he's like this this warrior who's like a, he's beaten right as he kept mm. a, a beaten warrior where it's like where that's a shame that's a bad place to be but now he's found like it opens with this character being interrogated and he's being interrogated by uh by bruce brock sleitner mm. And uh, he's got a T. The the guy who's being interrogated has the the dots on his chest. The uh, the T, a little T shape, right? The iconic that, Tron logo. The iconic four squares, or five squares. I think it's four squares. Cool. And then, yeah. and then, uh, yeah. And then his uh, inter- Bruce Box letter saying, "You know, you're not Tron, right? You know." And mm. uh, he says, "Oh, I, I never said I was, but he's plainly dressed as Tron. So now he's being." you know um interrogated so we're like who who are these people and what's going on were you happy to see the white costumes return yeah yeah for sure i missed those i I, we had zeus in uh and the gems in tron legacy and that's about it but yeah i think it should have been an equal balance of black and white 
yeah or even like like later on it gets a little more colorful we see some more yellows we see some more teals we see some more violets and pinks but i think they could have gone even further not for everybody but for certain sectors of town like that was mm. one thing in 1982's tron when he shows up in like what i'm assuming was a red light district of some kind <laughs> yes. there's all these these different wild some of them just look like giant gears some of them just look like a whole bunch of fiber optic cable that's been like spread out and damaged you know some of them are carrying yeah. huge batteries on their back one of them looked like a like an empress of some kind all these different designs every time i watch that movie and i get to that scene i always just pause it frame by frame going what's their deal who's that what's <laughs> yeah. this about what's, what's that going on yeah it's like, like are... 90 minutes of relatively the same imagery like slowly changing yeah. and, and you know and then all of a sudden it's just oh my god we're in in like in computer las vegas what's <laughs> yeah i think my favorite scene is that uh that conversation happening between what looks like a human spark plug and like almost like a wookie duck of some kind he's like this giant pile of hair with a duck bill and then there's this dude in a in a giant spark plug like a, a clear glass bell of some kind that he's got his legs sticking out the bottom and they're just talking to each other like hey larry yeah how'd it go mm, yeah pretty good not a bad weekend like who are those guys but i wanted yeah. some more of that in uh in legacy we do get some of that which is really cool you know but yeah i was actually hoping for more world building with uprising i think we get a little bit more in just terms of what does a civilian get up to in the day-to-day -day? how does this society run and yeah. all of that mm -hmm. but yeah it would be cool if it was almost like avatar the last airbender where each city has its own color coordinated scheme oh. and they're all for different purposes like this yeah. area is well to go for the more literal og tron things like this is like everyone's focused on ram everyone over here is like your video card and everyone over here is for whatever in your computer yeah yeah or different like this is the graphic account, cultures, yeah. this is the uh, accounting city where yes. all the sort of banking programs live or whatever and there's like yeah that would be pretty cool that'd be really really cool especially if they all had a different the color coding is crying out to be used more than than it is like most most of everybody in the in the in the cartoon anyways they just kind of they're all kind of just different colors like the mm. bad guys are mostly red uh but there's like uh in terms of the, the regular populace like you know some of them are pink some of them aren't you know there's no because in the, in the original 1982's tron i think it was like yeah clue military was red uh hunter seeker programs were yellow um i think like regular accounting programs were blue like they did try to have mm. like a uh like a, a category for each color but this one it seems kind of willy-nilly which yeah, sort of they kept that yeah like and we get this we get a we find out well what do we got here like he's we see we get a little flashback as to how he ended up here we see uh yeah so we we see like we see the the fake tron uh, he crash lands his parachute and then he falls beneath uh, the ice because uh, he crash lands on an ice sheet. And then, and then he finds some old buildings in there and he finds a, a quad bike, right? Which is sort of have, is sort of echoes there of legacies opening with like Sam Flynn skydiving. He's got the same, yeah, you know, kind of thing. And uh, I can't 
can't remember. I don't think programs are affected by the ice. Like they're not out in the cold and they're bothered by it. But I, I know this that comes into play in later episodes. But yeah, yeah, I don't think it affects them the way it would a human. Not quite. I imagine it might slow their cycles down, but I don't know if it's possible for a program to like freeze to death per se. Like they can be tortured with energy pulses or or, or mm. you know de-resing, but I don't think they can temperature extremes affect them that much i don't really remember too much of that yeah too much of that happening so he finds this cool quad bike and he puts a tool on it that makes it go x-ray so then he can sort of change stuff on the inside and that's a really cool tool that's the beginning mm. of like a bunch of things in this cartoon where i was like oh good excellent they're 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 bringing in new new stuff to the world in terms of like that kind of thing you know yeah, it's, it makes me feel that if it had run for a few more seasons, we would get a lot more world building and that we would get more complexity to this society. Yeah, because we get, we get history of the characters and we get new characters with cool new abilities and we get to see, we get stuff that's hinted at. But yeah, in terms of the literal world building, they didn't really go that hard on expanding it. And I think part of the problem is the internet right like because mm. right now they're in uh the computer downstairs at flynn's yeah right and uh i don't know if they're really into taking over the internet or spreading out or that's uh, one thing they didn't really mention too much in legacy and they didn't mention it too much here unless you know i'm not remembering correctly i've only seen the it's first three episodes yeah yeah but uh, i remember clue in, wanted in, to get it into the real world so yeah he wanted to get into the irl world not just uh yeah which to me is kind of i guess it's an okay plan but i don't know if it's that nah, clue man you want to just get, take over the internet you don't need yeah. to actually get into the physical because no one's in the physical world anymore no, to be honest not really no get the launch codes get the bank accounts hold the world hostage that way i think that would be a much more legitimate threat than uh that would be awesome guys in glow in the dark armor running around uh you know downtown wherever <laughs> I, just, I don't yeah know. i mean god you can shoot them from a mile away i can see the glowing people <laughs> yeah your nighttime camouflage is gone yeah for sure <laughs> so we see that uh we see that our main character beck here is a mechanic and he works at a a, a place called abel's garage and he, he loves his job and he's got a few other friends um, and I think he's actually quite a good protagonist. I know we've—he's not anything particularly unusual, but he kind of gives me that Spider-Man vibe. Or yeah, yeah. Terry beginners from Batman Beyond. It's just he's quite relatable in terms of you know he's an average guy. He's got a job. He has to manage that and his friendships with this basically superhero secret life. Yeah. And oh yeah. The yeah, advantage, yeah, yeah. The advantage of those ideas put on Beck is because this is such a fantastical world, it allows you to actually see this world from a pedestrian level. Whereas superheroes yeah. are kind of the opposite; it's like an ordinary world, but there's a few extraordinary characters. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of the older heroes, every single one of them, had a, a secret identity. Mm. right because it was like this nerdy kid turns into spider-man and everybody reading the comics are like i'm a nerdy kid maybe yeah. i could be spider you know like there's a way for you to get into into the comic if you're just reading about gods punching each other you're like okay well that's pretty exciting i guess but unless you have a an in you know 
it's weird going back and watching cartoons that I grew up with and not relating to the kids so much, but relating to the adult characters. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I, I too relate to how over all of this crap that this adult character... Well, actually, so watching... <laughs> Not to go on too much of a tangent, but Transformers Prime, you know, as a kid, yeah. you go through that fantasy of, oh man, yeah, you're a kid, and now your best friend is a Transformer, and now as an adult, I'm just like, Ratchet and Agent Fowler are my guys, because yes, that is how I would feel about the situation where everything is on the line every single day, and these children continually ruin everything. It's stressful, I understand. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's neat to go back and uh, and sort of empathize with the different with the different bracket, but that's that's how you know it's like written well. It's like as you age, you're like you identify with different characters, and you're like, oh, they did they did write this well because I I yeah. do see where they're where they're coming from. So they're not yeah, actually characters. being able to write it from both sides because I think most stories either the parents are that Charlie Brown you know uh, peanuts yeah. cartoon yeah. where it's just wah 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 wah, and they're just not even people; they're just background props. Yeah. Or they're idiots. Um, yeah. Or the kids are the props. It's never, never, well, very rarely is it balanced other than maybe The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah. Well, The Simpsons, they that was a, a huge turning point in terms of, uh, in terms of animated TV shows. Changed everything. So I think about now we actually get our introduction to the villains yes we get argon's argon city gets claimed as occupied territory well we see uh abel says to beck he says you know uh oh no uh beck says i'm just a young program but i knew i had it good and i kind of was wondering young program do programs age you know like because i'm not quite sure yeah. what the uh what the what the what the over under is on that? I don't know if they age or not, but we see well, them doing some. It could some be more just in terms of experience. So it's yeah. So AI, well, it would have a fair amount of knowledge that's just born with and born it created. I don't know. Yeah. Um, inherently, and then they through experience learn and create a personality. So it could be like that, where it's just well, if you're only so many cycles old, you are only going to have so many experiences. Yeah, so you can say back in my day, mm. and you can mean it without saying that you, you know, like, because I think his boss here, Abel, kind of comes across as an older man. You know, he's got, like, no hair. He's just kind of, like, he looks like a, the older the older grumpy owner of a garage. And uh, Yeah, I mean, same thing with Tron himself. It's like they still look just, you know, sort of in the prime of their yeah. lives but yeah. there's something about them they it, I, well, it it's partly the voice i think because you know these are older voice actors but it's also yeah. just something in the animation the way they carry themselves and i'm yeah. quite fascinated by that yeah like in the in 1982's tron we've got the gatekeeper there and he's an old an old crotchety program and i was like huh was he young at one point right yeah well in his case because those programs oh. are based on specific individuals. Right, that's right. He was made by by that guy. He's right. fake old. So he's, he's guess... fake old. Why couldn't yeah. you have programmed me when you were twenty six? Exactly. <laughs> hey, I'm alive. Oh, geez, I'm sixty eight. <laughs> like, oh man, now I want to do like um, 
okay tron legacy but it's the picture of dorian gray so yeah <laughs> bruce fox uh, not bruce fox, uh jeff bridges you know as as flynn he's getting yeah. older but clue gets more corrupt and and but ageless and yeah so it's kind of an inverse well that's what i'd like to see in in a, in a future tron movie i'd like to see sark uh go in again so we've got this this like you know much much older um oh geez what's that guy's name who played sark uh, oh, oh i just blanked on it it was, was in my head in the cardassian gone. episode of... david warner david warner david warner there we go yeah so david warner but he's uh he's in he's on his deathbed or something now and he mm. logs in for one last time and of course in the computer he's still young sark you know and we oh. could do that now with, with cg that would be something they could do now but what i'd really like to see is silly and murphy playing son of sark and uh in the next one because that's what they oh killian teased. sorry for a second sorry it's killian, killian. yes i always do that i always say Cillian. yeah uh so anyway so we we see that we hear that tron is believed to be dead beck's friends are all talking and they're like oh tron's a myth tron's dead and uh and then the city argon city gets completely uh invaded by the mm. main the main bad guy here this uh one of who Clues. is of course voiced by uh freaking bishop himself lance hendrickson uh, the lance one and only yeah could blank it on the name which is he's got a great of, villain voice he's got a great villain voice but i find one thing i found with this and with future episodes is just that his voice uh is kind of gravelly and papery and old older than mm. what the character looks like like he does come across with the appropriate sense of menace and foreboding and sinister edge but there's just kind of a bit of a disconnect for me for in terms of uh in terms of the actions of the character and the voice of the character yeah i'm actually noticing that with um peter cullen doing optimus prime so i've just i'm going to be doing a video essay probably at some point about transformers the michael bay movies and mm -hmm. yeah when you get to the latest one to go and wow that just sounds like an old man in a robot it's uh kind of sad <laughs> yeah i mean it's I still love him, but yeah, it's just oh no, time has passed. I don't like this. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Optimus Prime is forever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, let's see. I keep making other freaking Transformers references because in my notes I was like, okay, so basically, uh, Pavel and Tesla. So Tesla is voiced by Alan Henriksen, and Pavel is voiced by uh, uh, Pee Wee. Uh, Paul right. Wayne. There we go. That's right. And uh, they're basically your Megatron and your Starscream, and that's the best dynamic. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure, definitely. Cool. It's like you're either trying to – what's the question? like you're either trying to betray me or you're stupid. I'm stupid! I'm stupid! <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And then we also have Paige, and she is a relentless T-1000 type. She's really cool. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, so it was a bit of a break in there. We, uh, we, let's see, Bodhi. Okay. This is Tron's Beck's friend, Bodhi, the guy who never gets up, uh, the guy who never gives up. He gets up in the face of one of the guards, um, dies, gets killed by one of the guards, which is pretty, uh, a pretty big deal mm. for our, uh, for our hero there. And that's what he's, uh. That's what he's. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about to uh, to Tron. He's saying, "Hey, 
my friend got killed and that's when I decided because they talked earlier during their little disc fight there that Bodhi is not a quitter and he never gives up and he's not a quitter and that's why he goes after the guard which is is kind of it's it's sad because he's uh he's a good kid and then uh rest yeah. in peace skunk boy par one out pour one out for Bodhi yeah he's got this uh white streak in the middle of his head so I, oh, I just okay. always called him skunk boy I love it uh, also, I was going to mention that uh, Tesla's ship looks, I don't know, kind of phallic? It looks like something organic. It's very, yeah. from the front, yeah, I don't even know. Could even be kind of like ovaries a little bit, yeah. Could be. There's something There's something going on there, something not not quite Geiger-esque, but, uh, but it's... Yeah, I think Giga would approve, because it's <laughs> just evoking the biological without being specific yeah yeah so uh then so but what they're doing is they're setting up a giant statue of uh clue in the middle of the town square to say that this is uh this is ours now but then later that night beck sneaks in cuts the head off of it and drops a bomb down the neck of it and blows it all up which gets him into um, a whole lot of trouble so then hmm. there's a, a big old he get, he does a little matrix duck underneath one of the uh, one of the discs, and then there's a big old uh, light cycle uh, chase, which is pretty cool. And then we get to see some um, helicopters, which is pretty cool. Uh, has this, yeah, this is the first time we've seen helicopters. I think. I uh, yeah, up till now, I think we've only ever seen those uh, solar, those like sort of ultralight planes that were in Legacy, the ones that could bank and stuff. But mm. these are actual helicopters, which is kind of like, is there air? You know, is there is there uh, air in the grid? I don't know. I mean, well, people... it looks like there's, I mean, there's gravity and there is rain being moved around in some kind of direction. True. So... Yeah, I guess there is weather. So I guess that that makes pretty sense. Uh, yeah, I like that. And then we see that. Um, what do we got here? Oh yeah, and then so that that that's where he's at it, telling the story to uh, to Tron, but then it turns out this whole time he's been like picking his handcuffs and he breaks free, and then he uh, is is beaten by Tron and Tron's like you're the one I'm looking for someone special, and then he gives him half of his disc. Now this is an interesting beat because I'm not sure what exactly is uh, is going along here. He says like he he take it looks like he breaks his disc in half. And gives half of the disc to Beck. Yeah, and we've never seen that before, or what the purpose of that is. Yeah, and then and then, so Beck puts that half a disc on his disc, puts it back on his back, and now it he, means they're married. Now it means they're married. He turns uh, <laughs> he turns white, and now he's got the uh, like a white, a white suit on, to be to to be like this is now his 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 Spider Man costume, if his will, if you will, his uh, his superhero yes. costume. It's his. This Tron thing. So now he can go like before he had doctored his suit with his little uh, mechanic powers to give him the, the Tron T on his chest, but it was all in black. And now he's uh, full on white and, and dressed like Tron. So now when he goes out, people will be like, oh, look, it's Tron. So maybe he has, I don't know, unique uh, cost, like in a video game where there you can have these unlockable costumes but not everyone can get them and yeah so right that's why 
Beck was kind of cosplaying before, and now he actually has the official thing. (laughs) Exactly, yeah. That's exactly how it went down, yeah. He was cosplaying, and now he's got the real deal. Um, (laughs) And then as a punishment for this, uh, Tesla, it says, it keeps, uh, is it Tesla or Tesla? Yeah, yeah, not like Nikola Tesla. Yeah, it's Tesla, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I guess maybe they couldn't get away with literally using Tesla. Hmm. Oh, because yeah, because when this was made, were Elon Musk Tesla cars a thing? I think they were just starting to, yeah. yeah. So maybe there was a an issue there. Interesting. It had been uh, copyrighted because I mean, I it's I think it's clear they wanted it to be Tesla, right? Because mm. there's that's everybody's got kind of a cool name here. That one that ones that kind of stand out that don't are like Beck. I'm like, well, Beck's not really. Like page is kind of is there's some computer talk that involves the word page and you know you've got yeah it seems like I've, I've thought about this with Tron Legacy that in the original Tron names are based on computer and technology terms whereas in Legacy they're just really cool surnames <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And as a kid, I had my own program character that I created, and his name is Syntax because there you go. Yeah, I'm. I he he's an autocorrect program because I'm pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote an autocorrect program. He was my character for oh, Tron OC, I, if you will, when I was like fourteen. <laughs> See, that's fantastic. I love it. That's uh, that's great. Yeah, it's a shame we don't have those literal function characters within Tron Legacy. They're just civilians within a city, whereas, no, it's like Syntax is an autocorrect program. He has a very specific job. Yeah. Yeah, I think you'd maybe run out of characters pretty quick if you had to base them on their actual functions, you know? But you've got, like, what? Like, Cobol and Turtle, and and you, you wouldn't be able to use any copyrighted terms i guess so that would be that would take you out of using actual software names like someone couldn't be called i'm photoshop you know like you wouldn't be able to do (laughs) do anything like that but i don't know know. disney could probably do it they own everything yeah oh we own yeah we just bought adobe (laughs) yeah adobe says excuse me you can't use the term photoshop what the the term we now own we bought it while you were talking sorry what oh my gosh yeah (laughs) So as a punishment for destroying the, sh- uh, the statue, uh, Tesla says that they are going to round up a whole bunch of random civilians and take them away to the games. And uh, that's basically execution. And then we mm. find out that a bunch of Beck's friends, his buddies, they were part of the teams that were getting rounded up. And so he has to go on a big, huge train sequence fight and rescue them. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. There's a lot of fights on top of the train, and I found out that that fights on tops of trains, that doesn't happen anymore in movies because they're just straight up illegal. They're straight up outlawed. You're not allowed yeah. to have a stunt on top of a moving train anymore. They just that's just a hard no. That's just like a nope. So I guess the last one would have been um, the Lone Ranger back in twenty. 16 with the, the arnie yeah. the arnie hammer one there yeah yes. probably probably huh. and i think from or like this point forward i think it's probably they can probably do it with cg i imagine but not sure yeah that's a real shame man yeah train fights are cool yeah train fights are, are, are pretty cool but 
I was thinking more about how this society is structured, and you see, you have the gladiatorial battles, and I was trying to look into, well, is the rest of the society anything like, well, ancient Greece or Rome, or anything that we can, uh, you know, an existing template, and it doesn't really... Not quite, it's no. Ju- yeah, there's no one-for-one allegory it's, here. Yeah, like, it, it's closest is probably... Yeah, the, uh, the 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 gladiator fights in Rome, um, but there's not like like I think they rounded up a bunch of unruly people and they would be fodder in the games, which is uh, definitely something that happened. But it's not yeah, it's not quite one to one. He had a. It reminds me that, yeah. most of Cybertron. I've been reading a lot of all the the idw comics where they go into the history of cybertron and all of that and before the war and going oh yeah this is this is just tron uprising <laughs> <laughs> okay interesting what did you remember that uh, did you see bumblebee yeah uh, yeah the new bumblebee yeah 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 the beginning of that was pretty pretty cool with cybertron so cool yeah i was like uh is the whole movie gonna be like this because that would be just fine by me I know every time they show Cybertron in a movie, I'm just I am so here for this. This is so cool. Oh wait, it's only like no. five minutes. Well, Such a tease. A, uh, but it's so expensive. I imagine I can I can dig that they wouldn't do that with that Probably. level of quality for ninety minutes. I don't know. It's basically an animated movie at that point, where you don't have to deal with any live action elements. You're just yeah. making a cartoon. Maybe you save uh, save money in in other areas where you're spending mother spending money in others. What do we got? Uh, so. One thing that's kind of cool is during the train fight, he has a little a little one-on-one battle with one of the troops and with one of uh, Clue's bad guys. One of Tesla's. His design guards. is really cool. Yeah, he has a mustache. We've and never I, seen that. I think that's the first time I've ever seen a program with a mustache. Oh, yeah, like te- than... Tesla's got a little bit of facial hair, but not like a full-on beard. Yeah, and I oh yeah, and what's his face in. Um... Uh, Lamont or Dumont in in 1982's Tron, he had a oh, big, yeah. old, big old beard. Barnard, he had a big Barnard Hughes beard, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, this guy has a really cool, stylish mustache, and he's only around for a bit. But he gets he gets derezzed, but uh, but he like Beck lets him live, right? I like the fact that we're in a universe where a sort of death can occur. You know, I think yeah. Like with Batman cartoons and stuff, you can get really frustrated because you go, "There's just no consequence for anything, and you won't, there's, you won't kill these characters." Okay. Whereas, yeah, in something like Tron, you can kill them, but they don't. It's not real death. There's yeah. no blood. It's not. Yeah, there's no blood, but it is final. Mm. Uh, unless there was a bunch of copies. That's something they never get into. Is like you can copy files pretty easily these days. Um, is that just? guard number you know 2056 or whatever with that yeah. with that mustache they never really get into that all the all the programs seem to be unique in most of these tron properties but how i think of it is that in the original tron that is more like these are the files in a computer whereas in tron legacy it's more like the sims so they don't actually have access to their programming and they can't play around in the the software they're just moving around in a simulation yeah which i think makes sense like what you were saying before in terms of how we relate to computers and understand them nowadays and even yeah using proprietary names and stuff it's just too difficult whereas if you use an allegory like 
a, a virtual world, a, a video game, that's a little easier to convey and a little bit more relevant, perhaps. I think so. Yeah, like because because yeah, nineteen eighty two computers were this giant mysterious thing, and now they're still mysterious, but they're not like that level of mystery. Like everybody, most everybody knows what like a CPU is or or what RAM is, or you know, familiar mm-hmm. with the guts of a computer, familiar with the programs there in every home and on every phone. So it's not like yeah, what are they? You know, like there's still <laughs> there's still a level of mystery to the to the minutiae of them. Like I couldn't build one from scratch or whatever, but you know, it's not yeah, it's not what it was. So and then with the level of programming that's out there now it's yeah, way more complicated. So it makes sense to have more of a sim style character thing going on. But this guy's got such a bold, unique design that I was like, Oh, we're getting introduced to a new character. Oh yeah. No. Oh, my bad. He's he's dead. <laughs> you know, Tesla throws uh throws the disc and uh and kills him. So I, I love that though because I think in a lot of shows you just have your generic uh, NPCs in the background where this show seems to take the effort of if the character has any sort of close-up time, it, it, they're going to put the effort in. Yeah, yeah. I really appreciated that, you know. I almost That's... wonder if he was based on someone. Yeah, I wonder. I, he might have been. If you know, if you've got a, like a really talented animator or somebody on the production where you're like, well, we got somebody who's only got like one scene and we need him to have a face, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that you'd always, you'd always want to throw in there or give like, that's how uh, Rinsler came about, right? Like the surname Rinsler. Oh, yes. It was like a, a, a close friend of, uh, of the director or he was one of the cinematographers or something on Legacy, right? It's a great name, by the way. It's a great name. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, it's a really great name. It fits right in with the world. Um, one thing I like here is that when the guard gets killed by Tesla or Tesla, and then Tesla and Beck face off, you know, in an Australian accent, it doesn't even matter. It's just it's Tesla or Tesla. Like <laughs> yeah. you can't you can't hear that. That's Further, right. father. Who knows? Who knows? My accent. <laughs> what was that? Uh, it was a old joke i saw of two cavemen talking and they're looking at a at a tyrannosaurus and one, one of them's turning to the other and he's saying i think the tyrannosaurus rex and hmm. uh as a north american i didn't get that joke for like five years and then somebody <laughs> was like no no you have to say it in an australian accent and i'm like oh i get Saurus, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah there's oh i wish i could think of an example but yeah th- it's happened to me the other way around where i'm like where oh oh you've got to be more rotic yep got it yeah for sure i bet right uh but then when um so tesla kills the guard that he was talking to with the cool face and then back and tesla uh face off beck still dressed up like a in the white uniform like tron and uh tesla tesla fires up his fists he's got these red glowy hands yes he got magic fists and he's got <laughs> mr fantastic stretchy powers yeah they get, uh, they get like yeah they got the, the powerful stretches and every time he punches somebody they have the uh the stun staff rainbows from uh from the first movie like the point of impact you get a little spark of rainbows and i was like ah oh, yes cool they kept oh, yeah. the, they kept the rainbows that was one of my favorite things about the 1982 movie was you've got this stick of punishment that causes tons of pain but it's got little rainbows coming off of it which i thought was just so 
such a such a you know those two contradictory yeah contradictory a juxtaposition i guess if you will yeah yes, there you go. and then uh yeah uh, tesla's cape derezzes as he gets into the uh into the fight which i thought was kind of cool he just disappears but there's a bit where he grabs onto beck's they, they they jump around in this um what do you call it uh like a half-built building yeah it's just a what do you call it no no i'm forgetting like, a construction site not like, a constru- like construction yeah yeah, yeah it's, when it's just the, the bones of it like not scaffolding anyway Yes, yeah, 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 girders and whatever. The, the yeah, yeah. skeleton of a building, whatever the bones of a giant building are. And then, the, uh, but there's a bit where... Damn it, man, I'm a costume designer, <laughs> not a construction worker. There's a bit where Tesla has Beck's hands, Beck's head in his glowy hands. He's hanging off the building and he's uh, he's got his entire weight and his hands are on and they're glowing and they're they've got they've got they're both wrapped around uh beck's head and i'm kind of like so do these gloves do anything are they just punchy or do they are they hot like they because i sort of that at that moment i was like didn't beck just die like this doesn't is this okay but he gets away because they're orange so it looks like they must be hot or something but yeah maybe that's not the way not the way it works but it's just super punch power we get a good uh this isn't over and then he uh and then he leaves and then we get that scene i was talking to where tron splits his disc in half and gives half of it to beck and and now uh now he's half tron he's half tron and he can switch at wheel switch at will i guess hmm. which is pretty cool but that takes us to the end of uh to the end of episode one which wasn't on disney plus for a super long time it was only for some reason for some reason it was only added recently and i think it's at the beginning of the next episode, there's a really good summary flashback of, you know, last week on Tron Uprising. And I think maybe they thought, you know what? That's good enough. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Because there's a lot packed in here, but I'm really glad they've got it. Uh, they finally added it to Disney+. Plus. Well worth watching. Mm. So, what do you think? Well, I remember when I first watched Tron Uprising, and I wasn't actually that impressed. I don't know why. Oh, really? When was... Yeah. I mean, what was it? 2012? So... I was 20, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're all stupid when we're 20. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just... I don't know what I was expecting, and I just... I couldn't get into it for a while, but I kept watching it because a friend of mine who very big Daft Punk and Tron fan, he just said, oh no, you gotta keep going, gotta keep going. And yeah, at a certain point, I think the story gets very compelling and yeah, I guess that's the pro. well, that was the problem I had at the time, is just where is this going? What is this about? Where are the characters? I already know. So I was a little disappointed that it wasn't Korra, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I was really, I didn't mind that it didn't really have anybody from legacy or or the the first one i mean it's got tron it's got bruce boxleitner but yeah yeah this it's got like pretty much nobody from legacy right other uh, other other than clue and and, and tron i guess yeah other than the, yeah which yeah in hindsight now i know what it's about and where it's going and what it's trying to do yeah, yeah i do like it but i think oh it's the same thing with batman beyond which i think i will compare this to a little bit <laughs> uh, it, it, i 
didn't really like Batman Beyond for a long time because I just thought, what what is this? Yeah. I don't get it. And yeah, no, it just it takes some time for me to warm into some things. For sure. And I, I with this one, I found that the voice acting was hit and miss in my mm. in my in my eyes. Uh, not that any of it was bad. It was just that some of it didn't fit the characters like I talked about before. But I think that the way they fleshed out the world, there's a couple episodes that they get into here where I was just like, this is the coolest thing. I'm so glad that this cartoon was made. You know, some of it's, you know, some of it's trite, some of it, not all of it works, but the stuff that works is so good. And I'm just like, please keep making Tron properties so that you can just keep trying stuff out. Like just, I love it. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it exists and I love how experimental it is, especially in terms of the animation. So Yes, such a shame we only got one season. Yeah, well, hopefully we get more. But that's uh, that's the end of this beautiful pilot episode. But uh, join us again as we'll get into episode two here on Animatronic. Um, thank you for joining us for this episode of Animatronic. I've been Duncan Shields. And I have been Courtney Colson. And tune in next time for another episode of Animatronic. End, end of, of line. line.